Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than those in the world around us. And I'm Dan, and I'm here with some very special and probably familiar guests, those of you who are regulars for The Christian Contrast podcast. We got Summer Brown, our pastor of women's ministry. We got Andy Watson, our pastor of worship ministry. How's it going? Um, I'm really excited about this. The three of us are going to be talking together about families. Um, now, the, the after we're recording this before, but when this airs, um, it'll be right after we've rolled out an emphasis at our church, talking about how we put Jesus at the center of our family life and our homes. And one of the things we're talking about is five habits um, that are not necessarily things that we just came up with, but really data-driven habits that people have discovered. If we're looking for kids that grow up in homes that are involved in church and that are centered on Jesus, what are the sort of habits that are in place that tend to bear fruit for kids down the line? And um, throughout the course of the next several months at our church, we're going to be talking about those habits. We're going to have videos about them. We're going to have podcast episodes about them. And this episode is about the first habit, with ha- which has to do with eating meals together as a family. Um, and specifically, the data point is about eating four to five meals together with the family each week. Mm-hmm. Now, as this unfolds, we'll talk about this more and talk about sort of maybe some some ways to think about this in a non-super strict way. But what I thought we'd start with is just for for anybody listening to this, um, they might hear some of the other habits without, which have to do with spiritual experiences in the home and mentorship, and they might see the more direct line. Some people might look at the meals and just kind of shrug and say, I, I don't know, maybe it's important, maybe it's not, I don't really get it. Um, maybe we can just talk for a little while, why is this something that families should look to prioritize? Um, and it, maybe Summer, maybe you could just talk first from your perspective, why is this a significant family habit? Mm. So I'm I'm going to say it's it's the outcome of everything. It is the the having that touch point with my family where we could all be running in three totally different directions, but once we come back together, um, it's that reunifying. It's like okay, here we are. Let's um, let's decompress a little bit. Let's share what's going on, and it's creating that foundation to have really open communication um, as a family. And that's all around hamburgers, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, yeah. It, Andy, what about you? I mean, three kids. Yeah. And now they're kind of in the teenage phase. What What are your thoughts on this? You know, I think uh, just meals together. Um, there's something special that happens, right? When we prioritize having uh, food and just eating together and, and being intentional with that time. I think, like you were saying, it's that unifying, coming together, recentering. You're able to kind of let some of the other things in your world maybe just go to the background. And it, it kind of almost uh, forces you to slow down a little bit, which in our world uh, seems to be the opposite. Yeah, yeah, and, and I agree. I think there is something about that. And and as we're talking about it, our default setting might be to think about dinner, be it because I think frequently that is the meal that we're capable of eating together. It could be other meals, um, but that there is something about sort of like kids have been at school, maybe there was a soccer practice, maybe one parent or both parents were at work, other things are going on, but now we all unify and come together for this part. And the one of the interesting things, we're, we're going to talk throughout this time about strategic ways to use that mealtime together. But the interesting thing about the data point is that it wasn't 
this bears fruit if you're having Bible time at dinner right. or if you're having, if it's just the meal together does something. And, and typically mm-hmm. there's fruitful things that you're doing. So just that alone makes a significant dent and a significant difference. And, and again, we're, we're going to talk about just, you know, Watson family, Brown family, Franklin family, things that we've done that we feel like has, has been fruitful. Um, but maybe before we get into it, we, we can try to address what, what may be one of the elephants in the room, which is that, um, first of all, for some people, four to five meals together just will feel unattainable. Right. And on the other hand, Andy, you brought this up just when we were chatting beforehand. Man, as kids grow, there are different phases where this feels more or less feasible. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so maybe we can just talk about um, for anybody looking at this right now and saying, uh, uh, "Gosh, like I, I feel like there might be something good here, but four to five meals a week, I already feel defeated. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any way there." Um, it, maybe we can start with you, Andy. What, yeah. what would be some words you would share with somebody who might be experiencing that? Um, you know, I think looking at the stage of life you're in and having realistic expectations, man, if you have um, kids, elementary age, uh, yeah, man, some, I was just talking to one of my buddies. He's got his three-year-old in, in soccer and all that. The, the activities and sports uh, is part of the equation. And you have to, in, you know, when we had younger kids, be intentional Um to not let those uh, overtake your life and to, to value that family time together. And, but, you know, as kids get older and, and move into high school, uh, the reality is you can't stop some of those activities. They're out of your control. And so for me, it's almost having the grace of, of being okay with that, you know, and, but still saying, hey, we want to connect for dinner. We want this to be a priority when we can make it that way. Uh, you know, something fun we've been doing is on Tuesdays, hey, we're going to go get Taco Tuesday, half price tacos. It's <laughs> relatively cheap, you know, And but just saying something to look forward to on that night where we're all together. So that's what we've done. Yeah. And, and for summer, you're, you got, you got just one, you got a fourth grader, but you guys are a hockey family. Yep. So there's definitely activities going on. What, what are some thoughts for you on this? Well, as far as Avoiding discouragement in this area, I would encourage people to start small. Um, if we're, we need to do something that is attainable, and if that's, you can make room for just one time a week, and even if that's like breakfast on Sunday morning before church, like if you can nail that thing down and then slowly add to it, um, count it a victory. And, and yeah. slowly work towards it. And s- for some people, it might be, oh my gosh, the first step I need to do is actually like clear off my dining room table. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Taking <clears throat> steps towards that, co- collaborating with your family and looking at your calendars, like that's super, super important. So, um, but yes, we are a hockey family. We are on the ice three to four, sometimes five days a week. Um, and uh, when you say we, go. what does we mean? <laughs> that means mom and dad are sitting there freezing on the side. Okay. I'm a momsicle. So yes. Um, but yeah, we are, we are constantly looking for ways to have those meals because obviously we've got to fuel our bodies for the, for the activity. Um, but we're also looking for that time to carve out both my husband and I, we work full time. Mm. And so, uh, we have to be really intentional yeah. about, about lining it all up. Yeah. And, and I think the increment that this was one of the notes I, I had just in this discussion is um, starting incrementally, you know, because mm-hmm. we encourage people to do this with all different areas. Sometimes we talk about giving. 
Um, and even though we, we don't at our church kind of prescribed a 10, a 10% giving, a lot of people have 10% in their minds, which is great. I think 10% is good. Um, and people are like, I can't, like, I don't know how mm. I get from nothing to 10. And I'm like, go from nothing to one, like 1%. Right. Like something is better than nothing. And the same with Bible reading. People are like, I don't think I can read the Bible every mm. day. Read the Bible twice. Like something is better than nothing. So I, I think that that's good. Um, and I do also think, especially like you're saying, we we have um, probably then in past generations, um, at least a couple of generations ago, it was less common for both parents to be working. Mm -hmm. It's more common now for both parents to be working and even for many both to be working full time. Mm -hmm. um, and then with all the kids' activities, we end up in a situation where um, dinner could be just a free-for-all even if everybody's home. It's like no, nobody's home preparing a meal because everybody's working and they have their different activities. So there might be some strategic things to do as a family if you're looking at this and saying, okay, mm -hmm. we, we want to do more. And and by the way, again, the four, four to five days a week, this is just where we are relaying the data. Right. So we're not saying this is something in the Bible. We're just saying this is what the data actually shows. And so it at least gives us a, a framework for what we might be shooting for to say, one is better than none, but we're shooting for more than one. We're, we're shooting for sort of this is the regular pattern of our lives. But what you were saying about clearing the dinner table, it might be as simple as that. Mm. And it might even be, you know, if you're like, hey, we're super busy. We don't have time for like a super home-cooked meal every night. Maybe it's just strategizing of like, when you get home, you're putting the chicken strips in the air fryer. That's right. <laughs> and this day I'm picking up, you know, in and out on the way. So, so it doesn't have to necessarily be the home cooked meal, or maybe we're all meeting up at Taco Tuesday or something that there's creative ways to do it. Um, but I think part of it is just coordinating because if everybody's that busy, you can evaluate if everybody should be that busy, but if everybody is that busy, yeah. you got to kind of get creative with it. And maybe it is, like you said, maybe it's a breakfast, maybe Saturday, everybody's around and you're like, Saturday lunch, we're going to make a family time. You can get a little creative yeah. with this. Well, yeah. and if it's not happening, it won't just start happening without right. that intentionality. And so, man, just at least communicating within your family uh, with each person, hey, what do you have going on? When are you free? Yeah. Um, sometimes we have to do that. Um you know, in advance to make that time happen. Yeah. Yeah. We sometimes uh, do the Sunday night sort of let's walk through the week because mm -hmm. we have more of that going on with, you know, oh, I got this this evening. So I think that there is something valuable there and just the family kind of putting a value on that. Um, if you got little kids, it's, I would say, start it, start mm -hmm. it young. Yes. If you're looking to start this with teenagers, be thoughtful and be patient. Don't be discouraged. But four to five is probably not going to happen with the whole family in the yeah. week. Um, but but here's what I want to talk about now. If if we are buying this and saying there's something really valuable here, there's something about the the table of fellowship. I mean, in the Bible, food fellowship is so significant. You know, you see that in hospitality. Um, you see that even in the I, I think maybe implied in the Deuteronomy passage about teaching the commands to your children when he says, um, when you're sitting down and when you're rising up, the sitting down probably is mealtime. Mm -hmm. um, so talking about that, let's go beyond just we're eating the meal. What are some things in, well, we'll start with the Watson family, yeah. that you guys have done during mealtime that you've found to be fruitful 
because you've got everybody together. Yeah. You've got a captive audience. We're, yeah. we're going to do something here. Um, again, I would say that there have been different seasons for this and we've tried different things and um, some things have worked really well. Other things have felt maybe a little bit forced and, and harder. Uh, one of the best ways to start that I would say is, man, look at the church calendar, the Christian mm. calendar. Um, and there's some great seasons, you know, when you think about Lent. Uh, my one of my favorite memories as a kid was the Tuesday night before Ash Wednesday uh, was Pancake Tuesday, and it's a bigger deal in England um, than it is over here. But we would always have English style pancakes on that night, and uh, that's a tradition. So, that, so is that like tortilla? It's more or? like a crepe, if you will, a thinner, a thinner pancake. Um, but that's something we've done every year. It's like, man, that's Tuesday. Hmm. Um, but leading into Lent, uh, you know, there's a lot of intentionality that you can have for having questions or, or having family discipleship moments during those seasons. And obviously <laughs> Advent is another great one. We've used different devotionals, uh, maybe a, a time to plug the LBF uh, yeah. Advent devotional um, for that. But yeah, just finding those things. And maybe sometimes it's, hey, what did you you read today? Uh, mm. What did uh, how did the Lord speak to you today? Or um, what is something you're thankful for? Just trying to get something simple, but get, getting conversation going that's a bit deeper than the small talk that you might have naturally. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Andy. How about in the Brown family? What would have been some useful things that you guys have put into practice? Yeah. Well, building on what you were saying about the the seasons, I know Thanksgiving, we, we uh, start our our month leading up to Thanksgiving as our attitude of gratitude. And so we do take time at every meal that we're together through the month of November mm. to like, so what are we grateful for today? What's like the one thing? And um, that's always created really great conversation. Um, and I love what it does to my son's heart. But um, the other thing is before we sit down, um, probably a couple times each week, um, my husband will turn and say to my son, like, hey, is there anything specifically like we need to pray for when we pray for our meal today? Mm. Like, and it's just a, it's a good time to kind of start to get the things that are kind of heavier on our hearts that we want to start a conversation about. We'll pray for it. And then it like opens up the door for as mm. we're eating to kind of unpack that a little bit more. Um, and we've had some really great conversations about some hard things that are happening with some mm. of my son's schoolmates or, you know, things that are happening in class and things. Um, the other one is just honestly being silly together and laughing. We love to laugh in our family. Um, dad jokes run rampant and somehow that gene has been passed down to my kid. Yeah. And so I was so, going to say yeah. my entire text thread with your husband <laughs> is just dad jokes. Dad that's jokes. It, it, yes. either dad jokes or if I'm asking him to speak at something, that's the only time we communicate. Yes. It's dad jokes. <laughs> So it is. It's a thing in our home, and so that's um, we we take time to laugh together. I know I put a, a joke every day in my kids' lunch, um, and so it's 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 a thing. It bonds our hearts together, and we've got lots of great memories because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I I love what both of you were saying, just because that it it wasn't on my radar as much about the seasons because because that is a very useful thing, and I, I do think. Um, there can be something daunting about this for families who who think like we got to have Bible time, or mm -hmm. or maybe there's even I, I just I know um, there's a lot of homes where maybe there's the the husband the the dad feels like hey I I should be taking um, leadership in this 
but just feels like I, I don't know where to even start. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with a group of men. We, we were doing a study together, and one of them um, just shared. He said, hey, that there's not a night that goes by that we don't do Bible time. And it was wow. interesting because the other, I don't know, seven or eight guys that were there, it just got very quiet. And mm-hmm. then I just said, we don't do Bible time every night. Like, and, and I'm not saying that's good. Like we, we do, we do something related to the Bible frequently, but I wanted to sort of dispel for all, like maybe this guy's ahead of the pastor right now. He's, he's killing it, mm. but, but something simple. We, we've done a couple things that have been fruitful. Um, we, we did the Advent devotional. We'll do different things like that. But a lot of times because we have the LBF Bible reading plan, um, I'll just do this. And, and at different stages, I've had the kids do it also, but I'll just read a portion of the passage or a psalm, um, and all I'll say is, listen while I'm reading, and then when I'm done, everybody will say something about what they heard. Hmm. Um, so yeah. so there could be something that could be fruitful that would be much more detailed. When we did the Advent devotional, it was great because there were specific questions. You know, Both of you were contributors in the Franklin household to great discussions that we had because of the um, ones that you wrote, but... Lately, I've just been reading one of the Psalms and everybody just say something about it. Um, and the other thing that we've done that's, I'd say it's it's spiritual, but but it's maybe, it might not feel as directly spiritual, is that um, we do compliments at the dinner table. Mm. And we'll make our way around the table um, where everybody will give a compliment, everybody will get a compliment. And one of my, in, in fact, you know, we, we did this at, um, yes, I remember <laughs> we did this at our pastor retreat this last year, which I felt a little funny about doing. I was like, is, is everybody going to feel like this is kind of dumb? And, and people didn't, people said really meaningful things as yeah. we, we complimented each other as a staff. Um, but one of the cool things that's happened is, you know, I, I've got three sons, they do care about each other, but man, they can get annoyed with each other. Sure. And so something that happens is when they end up complimenting each other, you can, first of all, from the complimenter, you can almost see the the wheels turning when they realize like, you know, if Jack realizes like, oh, I'm going to have to compliment Matt, you know, where the wheels start turning and suddenly he realizes something that he really appreciates about his brother that mm-hmm. maybe was not at the front of his mind. And then to see their reactions in getting complimented has has reminded me of just how much most of us crave just somebody seeing something good in us yeah. and saying something good about us. So um, the the cool thing is that now, I'll, like, it, I won't even necessarily say it. I'll be starting to say, I'll say, hey, I think we should do, and everybody knows. They're like, we're gonna do compliments, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and uh, it's been a really positive thing for our culture at the dinner table. Because mm-hmm. even as parents, as parents, you spend a lot of time correcting your kids. Yeah. yeah. So if you as a parent get to take a pause and say something in front of the whole family positive about your kid, that can really build up. Now, when you guys started doing that, were the kids like, we're all in, let's go? Or was it like this awkward, oh, took a little bit yeah, of growing Yeah, it pains? was awkward. Yeah. It sometimes still is. Sure. But, but especially, and I'm glad you asked about that because, yeah, now people kind of, know it's coming and and they'll they'll flow in it it's great even matt when he's home from college he'll jump back in it mm-hmm. with us but at first it was like we're gonna wait till you come up with something yeah. like and that's how a yeah. lot of this stuff oh, that we're yeah. talking about it like when you first start out um it can be awkward it can feel like forced, forced. Yeah, yeah yeah and so how do you push through that um yeah. how have you guys 
kind of push through some of that awkwardness. Well, I want to know how often do you does the Franklin Home actually observe this practice? Like, is the this compliments? like yeah, the yeah. compliment thing? Is it is it a weekly thing? Is it like how uh, often does it show I, up? I would say typically. It, I don't have data on this. I'd say, <laughs> okay. I'd say probably in a typical week, it happens three times at the most, once or it probably wow. probably not less than once on most days um, or on most weeks that we're having meals together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting through the getting through the awkwardness, you're, you're absolutely right, Andy. I feel like anytime you're starting a new habit, sometimes it feels like... Uh, almost like you're a pretender in the whole right. thing, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm an imposter in this situation. Um, but like kind of pushing through that and seeing the goal as like the end result as what yeah. you're, yeah. what you're seeking um, to push through. Well, it can be hard to tell sometimes. And I think sometimes you don't know until a little ways into it. Um, if the wise thing the Lord is calling you to do is to push through, or to abandon and come up with a different idea. Sure. Because sometimes you try something and you this have to say, work. this just didn't work for our family. We we need to find a different way to get yeah. to where we're going. Right. But I think, in my opinion, I would rather err on the side of persisting a little too long before abandoning it than like, hey, we tried this twice and it didn't work yeah. and now we're not going to do it because it does take a little while for habits yeah. to settle in. Well, and if you're persisting in it, at least you're going to have some really awesome, awkward memories. There oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, remember Man. when you guys made us do that? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid and my dad was intentional. I was 10 years old uh, and I would walk to school with one of my best friends and my dad made him wait outside till we'd finish the family devotions and <laughs> set our prayers together. And I just felt so bad for this kid. So it's kind of a funny story. See? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's good. You know, another thing that uh that we've tried to do is you know laura and i were just talking we're like man we're just not playing a lot of music in our home mm -hmm. and just the life that music can bring and you know especially worship music and so curate curating an environment that uh helps with this stuff uh music has has been something that just kind of relaxes people i don't know it's true yeah. we've uh we've started to theme some of our meals sometimes <laughs> Wow. Uh, we, we, yes. Uh, so instead of just, well, for example, yesterday was uh, the mom to mom Vince's spaghetti fundraiser. Oh. Um, so, of course, we had to get ourselves some Vince's spaghetti, uh, which, yay, check that meal off. Yeah, um, right. That's but good. So, you like dressing up as Mario and Luigi? You know, what do you guys do? We put out the red and white checkered <laughs> tablecloth, and okay. uh, my kid will likes to like light this candle that he made. He's very proud of it. And then we'll um, play some awesome Italian music, nice. especially the, the, when the moon hits your eye. Like, yeah. like that. <laughs> nice. We just, uh, we laugh about it and try to, yeah, and we'll turn on some really fun, like, um, I don't know, just different music to kind of match the theme of the meal, especially when we're doing takeout, because then it feels like we're elevating the experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've already kind of alluded to this, but Let's talk a little bit about, um, we, we, we have kids who are not babies. And so we, we've been doing this long enough to maybe observe some fruit from different mm -hmm. practices and, and kind of mealtime, just mealtimes together and mealtime practices. So you just share a little bit about what, what's some fruit that you've seen that you feel like, oh, that, that, that was a result of us doing this and persisting in this, that now we're seeing this positive thing. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think um, my kids looking forward to traditions. Um, you know, even the same way like that Pancake Tuesday night, man, they look forward to that, right? Or other things specifically in, in our Advent uh, meal times together that they'll enjoy. We have uh, these candles that are, it's like every day you light an additional candle mm -hmm. and we go around and Jack loves prepping those candles every year and, and that kind of thing. So um, just their excitement. And, and I think honestly, just making us closer as a family, you know, and hopefully having stronger relationships with one another and uh, where, where you get to enjoy being together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think of reference points in our conversations and how many times um, when my son is remembering something and talking back about something so often those things that he's remembering, the things he's talking about, took place around our table. Mm. And so um, while I'm, I'm hearing the fruit through the memory, um, I know that that is something that is going to continue yeah. to carry on. So I would say that's probably yeah. the biggest part. Yeah. And, and a couple of things I'd add is just that, uh, that I feel like we've seen in our kids is, um, number one, it's sometimes, um, and sometimes we've had to sort of insist on this for us to get this fruit it's gotten one of our kids out of like a rut or a funk that he's in mm -hmm. by making him engage with the family mm -hmm. where if it was like hey you're in a bad mood or you got a bad grade on a test or something discouraging happened and you want to just kind of grab your food and eat somewhere else that you're engaged with the family and even though you want to sort of feel sorry about yourself by the end of the meal begrudgingly you're enjoying yourself and you sort of have have stopped staring in the mirror at all this. Um, and then I think the other thing is that there has been, um, there's been room for follow-up because of stuff that comes up. Um, yeah. Just even, I, I know a lot of families do this and we sometimes just ask, you know, tell us something that happened today. You know, like what, what was your highlight or what was a good thing that happened? What was a hard thing that happened? So sometimes something comes up and then you think, one of us is going to go follow up and, hey, what, what happened with that? Or what would you like to do? Or let's pray about that. Or let's mm -hmm. have a conversation. So it sometimes just creates room for the follow-up conversation, which ends up being something that you wouldn't have known needed yeah. following up on if you hadn't just had that informal time that you're all sitting around together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think also normalizing spiritual conversations and normalizing prayer. Uh, sometimes maybe there's this thought of, well, we have this deep spiritual time at the dinner table and then we all go do what we want and right. we don't we don't talk about God or, or the Bible or anything the Lord's doing in our lives the rest of the time. And so I think it's just having like a holistic view of family discipleship and the mealtime can just be part of that, you know? Yeah. And Summer, I, I don't know if you'd be willing to share this, but but when you popped by my office earlier, you were, well, first of all, you were sharing about some thoughts that your son had yeah. on on sort of the normalcy of the meals. Um, and then also about what you guys do when your son might have a friend over. I, I, I found both of those really significant, if you'd be willing to share that. Yeah, sure. So... Um we got my we got my kid an Apple Watch, and it's synced up to our family calendar. And so this morning we were having breakfast together, and he he's like, "So what's this podcast? <laughs> it's in the schedule, Mom." Nice. Um, and so I was talking to him about the premise of this, and you know, hey, we're gonna be talking about family meals. Well, why would you have to talk about that? And um, so unpacking that a little bit, and my husband stopped and was explaining, "Hey, Bud, like." what you're experiencing with us having meals regularly together isn't everybody's 
lived experience. This mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily the normal thing. And he was like he was quite honestly shocked. Like mm-hmm. he's like, really? Why not? And so we and we started talking about, you know, families who have different um crazy careers where, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to match up everybody's schedules and sports and things. And um and he was just he was really amazed by it. And um and then we started talking about um one thing that we do, uh, whenever my son has any friends over, we make a point to go sit. We have two tables at our, our house, and we make a point to go sit at the big table and um, have that family meal experience because we don't know which of his friends do and don't experience mm. this. And so we want them to experience that through our family as well. Mm. Um, and so when we were talking about that with him, he's like, I never thought that some of my friends might not sit with their family and have a meal. So nine-year-old little mind, you know, exploring. Yeah. Well, one one of the cool things that to me that that example brought up is when we have a family culture like that, there's something to invite people into. Right. Um, So when we're talking about hospitality or having people over, and I know sometimes, at least for me growing up, it felt like when we had people over, I was like, this is like a different family here like we're, we're suddenly doing this and the nice dishes are out and 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 there's some of that that's legitimate but there's something cool about saying this is our normal family culture and when others are over they're invited in on it instead of trying to come up with sort of something to do yeah. um so here's what i'd like to ask as, as last question just uh, again i know that there's going to be some people listening to this um, it sounds good. It, it just feels like a big hill to climb. So for anybody that might be saying, all right, I do want this. I see the value in this. It just feels like such a big hill to climb. What, what would be some words of advice or encouragement that you'd like to give? Um, and Summer, yeah. why don't we start with you on that? Well, I've, I've got some like practical steps too, because realistically my husband and i we do work full time and i was a stay-at-home mama for for many years with my kiddo until recently and so i've i've lived on both sides of Mm. things and um and so i was trying to live in my previous season uh for a while when i first started working full time and i was hitting my head up against a wall Mm. and i had to embrace the season that i'm in and um, make adjustments for that because it can feel really daunting to try to this is a value to us this matters to my family for us to gather around the table so how do we still capture that and um I will say, I'm going to throw this out there. We, uh, I felt like an evil genius because I gifted my son, um, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, um, a little chef's apron, his own set of knives, and then uh, a kid's cookbook and a um, subscription to HelloFresh. And it was amazing because every week we would get you know two of these or three of these meals Mm. and it was like everything was there and so not only did it create the meal time but it created that opportunity for my son and i to work together in the kitchen Mm. my husband too my husband was very much part of it and we'd uh we'd work in the kitchen and have that moment together and then we got to like feast on my son's creation Mm. and so good um going and picking up Waba Grill and Vince's Spaghetti and bringing these things home and knowing that 
this is our meal today. It's not necessarily about what we're consuming. Mm. It's that we've carved out the time and that we're together. Um, We have had in and out sitting in a parking lot waiting for hockey practice to begin. (coughs) And it's not about what we're eating. Um, It's that we're gathering. And we can gather in multiple places. It's about the heart of the thing. And um, so I would say to people who are looking at these things and like, how how is this possible? Remember, there are three meals in a day, <laughs> and there's oftentimes uh, we can squeeze out two of those meals in a weekend, you know, or possibly mm. in a day. Sundays, maybe you hit breakfast and dinner together. There's so many ways to come and approach this, and it's okay if your approach looks messy yeah. and disorganized and a little mm. bit chaotic. Yeah. But pulling out that planner. And uh, syncing it up and being like, okay, you get home at 7 o'clock and you know what? We are going to eat cereal in our pajamas together (laughs) around the table because that's what matters to us. I think it is absolutely okay to embrace the messy and crazy Mm. in the midst of this. Just take the step. So, Oh, that's great. Thanks, Summer. Yeah. What what are your thoughts, Andy? Yeah, I would say um, pray about it. Ask the Lord to help this become a priority in your life. Mm. Uh, the Holy Spirit to move and empower you to maybe reprioritize and just asking God, man, are there things in our lives that you want to strip away that are hindering this? Mm. And um, and being willing to say, okay, I'm willing to give those things up um, yeah. if that's the case. And, and we all need to be willing to do that, right? Um, it doesn't make it easy. Uh, there might be something that you love doing or, or a practice that you have that does get in the way of this. Um, so that would kind of be the first thing. And then just have a plan. You know, for us, having a meal plan um, has been huge. The weeks we do that, man, it goes so much better than the when we're just winging it and trying to come up with stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those would be my things. Oh, the, that's great. I, I love what both of you shared. And and just the, the one thing I'll add in, especially for families that, um, that their kids aren't super little, you know, may, maybe, you know, I, I mean, maybe kind of like eight and up is if you're going from this not being a thing to trying to make it a thing, it could be worth really communicating with, with the kids about this, like mm-hmm. trying to invite them in on this to say, Hey, this is something we haven't prioritized and now we're prioritizing because otherwise the kids could be baffled. If they're teenagers, they could be very annoyed. Like I'm, I had a routine and now you're messing with it. So if, if that's happening, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, we're, we're trying to figure this out and we think that this is important. And so, yeah, we're going to do this. And if they're older, they might even have a suggestion of like, well, could we do it at six instead of five thirty because I'm just fresh back. So, yeah. so just to acknowledge anytime you're going through a family culture shift, if your kids are not super young, you probably want to at least acknowledge it. And then they get to at least see what you're up to. Yeah. Um, and so that even That's if good. it is messy and clunky, hopefully they can see like mom and dad are looking to do something good here. Yeah. E- even though maybe I feel like the execution is not as awesome as it could be. Sure. It's that awkward stage. It is. It's that awkward stage. But yeah, I'm excited about this and I'm excited about our church family looking to normalize this, looking Mm -hmm. to say, this is just something that we do. We don't see it as extraordinary. Like you're saying, it doesn't have to be a five-star meal every time. It's it's just about families being together and creating that family culture 
um, so that kids have the normal experience of belonging to a family and of being discipled and guided along toward Jesus. So thank you so much for both of you. This ended up being a little bit short notice. I hope nobody could tell. But but <laughs> both of you joining in with this and just having a great discussion about this. Um, and, and for those of you who are listening, um, especially if you're at the family stage right now where you have kids in the home, really strongly encourage you to find an appropriate way to apply this, bring this into your family life, and to just look for the fruit that God will bring in this. Um, And we'll be back. We'll be on our regular schedule with um, the Christian Contrast podcast, where we'll have one every two weeks. But throughout the next several months, we'll at least once a month have a podcast episode that's about the different habits. So we'll be on to more of these in the weeks and months to come, and you can look forward to that. And also, if you're new to the Christian Contrast podcast um, and you find that this was helpful content, we have a whole backlog of old episodes on our YouTube channel for the YouTube channel of Life Bible Fellowship Church or just on our website at lbf.church. So you can find back episodes of that. You can comment, ask questions. I I usually monitor that so that if people are engaged, I'm able to engage with them. Um, Thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Mm